Hello, everyone. Welcome to the 26th episode of Adult Beverage Film Podcast. We break down films that you love while enjoying an adult beverage. Our hosts are Laura Truman, Patrick G. Keenan, Carlisle, Squeaker, Hamrick, and my name's Kent Smith. Each episode, we will discuss a new film with our mystery guests from all over the world. Our mystery guests make up a lovely nickname to speak freely about their experiences as directors, writers, DPs, producers, and film experts. In this episode, we discuss the 1967 American prison drama film, Cool Hand Luke. This classic film stars Paul Newman and features an Oscar-winning performance from George Kennedy. As the years have passed, Cool Hand Luke has held up to the time and even seems more realistic in today's current environment. We are currently recording at remote locations during the COVID-19 epidemic, so bear with our connections as we bring you this new podcast. Welcome to Adult Beverage Podcast, where we will be talking films, new and old. He's looking at you, kid. Think the fly thing. Did we just become best friends? Yep. As well as anything else in the entertainment world, while enjoying an adult beverage in hand. Cool hand Luke. I mean, how cool is he? Uh, let's say... This is a fun movie for us to cover, and I think you know we haven't done a lot of older films, so I think this is kind of interesting uh, for us to jump in and, and do it. And let's just tell you who who's here today. So we've got some uh, a special guest, and we have Gene Kelly is uh, here with us, which is great, um, and she's going to have some great stories to give back on this. Uh, the reason for the name too, I think, down the road. Hello, so, um, and we've got Laura Truman. <laughs> Yay. Yay. And we've got uh, Patrick Keenan uh, hanging out with his Black Lives Matter shirts on, which is great. Styling. It looks good on him. And that really is. Yeah. This is the Charlotte, yeah. the Charlotte design. Yeah, it is. Like that. great. Deadpool's up here. Yeah. 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 Nice. Nice. And we've got uh, Carlisle Squeaker Hamrick Squeaker. over there for us. Hey, so. How's everybody doing? Yeah. And uh, my name's Kent Smith. <laughs> Kent Smith. And so we're we're going to jump right into this. This is, uh, I think, a unique film for us to, to to cover. And you know, for anyone that listens to the show, you know, you know, we bring in a mystery guest, and we always have great ones. And uh, today we've got a special one. So, uh, but but this is a film that I think you know is different in a lot of ways. It, it's still held up extremely well. Uh, it's very entertaining to watch it. Um, it. It had been probably about 10 years since I had watched, or fi maybe five years since I'd watched it, and then 10 years even before that when I'd watched it. But the thing I like about this film is it's a great story. So I'm just going to say, I'm going to put it around, we're going to kind of go around the room here and just sort of talk, uh, and we'll start with uh, Laura Truman and say, you know, why do you like this film? And then, you know, just well, kind of, I am uh, tell a big why. Paul Newman fan. Um, if if you guys could see the other room where all the boxes I have packed for moving are, um, there would be a big uh, Paul Newman poster in there from Cool Hand Luke. Um, it's one of my very favorites. It's like it's funny. It's sweet. Mm -hmm. It's bittersweet. It's sad. Like it hits all the buttons. It's really really great one of the best and, and patrick uh what, what's your thoughts on the film i i you know i want to love it but i don't love it 
uh, because of the bittersweet. Mm. It, it's got that easy rider feel to it. Mm -hmm. uh, and uh, and I know you just picked this movie. I'm sorry. Dead dogs. I don't know why I'm all the sorry. movies That's a, have, have dead dogs. You're my boy, I, Blue. I thought about your oh, 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 I did say. Yeah. Stay tuned on our next week's podcast with John Wick. Yeah. And Where Holden the Geller. red fern grows. Um, but it's it's very... Yes. <laughs> God, no. uh, um, you know how I love to see me some dead dogs in movies. Yeah. Oh, my God. Um, the fantastic cast. And each time I watched it, I would go, holy shit, is that Wayne Rogers? Holy shit, is that Joe Don Baker? Wayne Rogers. And yeah. we were talking about... Uh, young Joe Don Baker. Joe, a young, young Joe Don Baker. And... Uh, and speaking of dogs, the dog boy guy is Anthony Zerb, who I kept trying to remember last week. We were talking about what Josh Brolin had been up to, and he was on a show called Young Riders hmm. with Anthony Zerb, who played <laughs> Teaspoon. <laughs> played Teaspoon on that. Uh, but amazing cast. Some interest. Some, the cinematography didn't blow me away, but it had some uh, interesting shots in it, I thought. Yeah. Especially during the egg eating contest. Uh it's fun, and then they kick you in the dick at the end. So it's you know another one of those, uh, which I don't. I, I that's what I was born was in the '60s, and for some reason those <laughs> movies I'm like it's too depressing, too depressing for me. <laughs> uh, Squeaker, what were your thoughts on the film? Well, first off, somebody else in there, Harry Dean Stanton, who I didn't realize in the credits yes. goes just by Dean Stanton. There was no Harry yes. in the in the credits right. on this one. I had never known him as that. Uh, you know, this film, it didn't really move me either way. Um, I think it's a good story. It feels dated and, it, you know, it came out, what, 53 years ago. Right. And I'm seeing it for the first yeah. time for this podcast. Mm. So oh, I don't too. think. Me too. I don't think. Wow. Yeah. So it didn't hit me the way it probably hit people who who had seen it, you know, previously. But it was a good story. Mm-hmm. Uh one flew over the cuckoo's nest. That was another one it reminded me of. I'm like, and it's funny because you're talking about the interesting story, but I'm like, okay, so they did the boxing, they did the egg thing, they did the race thing, and I'm like, when does Patrick? That's a night in the box. But that is the story. <laughs> but I think that's the story. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> so, so, uh, Fair enough. Uh, I have my spoon. Yeah. I, I um, Gene Kelly, what's I your not thoughts? Seen this film probably 40 years. All right. So I'm already divulging my age. So I rewatched it last night and, um, and I'm glad that I did. And it's interesting because I have been watching a lot of older films just to see how they hold up. And I feel like this one holds up fairly well compared to even raging bull or taxi driver or some of those old classics from the seventies. And this, what this was in 67, is that correct? Mm-hmm. So, 67, um, I was two years old. Paul Newman, love him, he's phenomenal. George Kennedy blew me away. I thought he was so great in this. And yeah. very much Amazing. deserved the Academy Award yes. for Best Supporting Actor. And I'm a huge Connie Hall fan. So Connie Hall, or Conrad, is his, uh, his screen name is an incredible DP. And he always, he always chose to Amazing. do independent films. And he liked to do independent films because he didn't have the studio kind of pressing down on him as far as the, the look or the aesthetic. So they made a lot of really nice choices. When they opened, when the movie opened, I thought, ooh, those shots hold up. And that's when Paul Newman's scoring the tops off of these uh, uh, 
It's parking meters. He's doing a public service. Yeah. <laughs> mm-hmm. yes. And, you know, and, and it was just, just photography held up. Um, the only thing that kind of dated it was there were a couple of zooms. And back then, the zoom lenses were really uh, purely manual, and you could see it was rough. And then um, Connie Hall used a couple of zooms and Butch Cassidy and Sundance Kid, which was kind of a follow up to this film. Uh, so those those little moments uh, kind of divulged that it was of that era with lenses that were not quite, you know, technically accurate and perfect. But I just I just really enjoyed watching it because so often these days there's so many films, bam, 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 cut, 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 and you don't get to live in the moment, let the performance breathe. And so I just thought that when George Kennedy is plump, he's just pummeling. Paul Newman and the way that they shot that, it was just just a, a great storytelling. Yeah. Yeah, and I think you you nail that right there with the the fact that nowadays everything is super fast cut, super fast. Everything's got to be, and you know, and I don't think I think too often mm-hmm. they go past the story and they and they and they're getting so caught into cinematography and different things. Um, and I think one of the things that Conrad Holt's kind of a little bit uh, has that style mm-hmm. that he doesn't get in way of the story. So you know, you know, when I look at this. It's it's uh, it's still phenomenal in the fact that the meaning is there, you know. And when when I say that, because I think a lot of people don't understand what we're talking about, (laughs) Patrick, right now, uh, is that (laughs) it that there is the you have to tell the story in the right way. And this story, had it been super, you know, crazy cuts, I don't think that it comes off. You know, I I don't think it comes off. I agree because Um, you're trying to get to know Paul Newman and his level of he would just kind of go, 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 go and you wouldn't understand all of a sudden he just burst out of the scene and he would do something crazy. So it was this that's how I think the film was very deliberate in its intention and the way that it's edited and the way that he's this slow boil kind of guy and then all of a sudden he's going to do something that's going to get him promoted and we don't know exactly what he did to go from a sergeant in the army and get downgraded and, and uh, to a private and then kicked out for something he's so that's yeah, what we, we learned when from the get-go when he's introduced and then we see he is this mm-hmm. slow boil kind of guy and I think that slow approach to telling the story through the camera work and performance helped you see that he would just kind of hold everything down and all of a sudden He'd hop in that truck and drive off, or he'd do something not foolish, but it was his personality coming coming to life. And then the music pace would pick up, and Lalo Schifrin, who's a really great composer, I had a lot of his albums when I was a kid. I know it sounds weird, but um, but he was known for a lot of scores that had uh, very specific sounds, and and I think he created an interesting soundtrack. So. I really forgot all these people were involved, and since I had not seen the film in 40 years, I just, I really appreciate you picking that and also learning with the DVD, Kent. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Nice. I mean, the music was really good in this. I wanted to point that out, and uh, something that freaked me out, because I, I did my usual. I watched it kind of three times in the past week. One time, I 
the last time is when I really watch it. The other two times are kind of like I play on my tablet and do other stuff. But they're, when they're doing the race down the road to the end of the road, the music that they use there was so uh, specific. And when I was a kid growing up outside New York City, th that was the music that ABC News used to use every night when they opened the show. And it, as soon as I heard it, I like dropped my iPad and I went, Oh my, and I became like a little child because that song the news was so identifiable. The news is on. I was like, that is weird. <laughs> they got it from Cool, and they they actually, got it from and they cool actually, Hand yeah, Luke. That was a real county road. That, road. that was actually, oh, wow. that was a real <laughs> county road. And they, they got some parameters to do that. And that was Good part of it. But it, I think it looked and felt real. And that's why, yep. because it was actually real. Yep. Like they actually did, a, I think, a mild wow. stretch, if I'm not mistaken. Wow. On that's, that yeah, mile, which is kind of a cool little tidbit. Mm -hmm. the, I have a question about the movie. Are we still build? Are we still in the introduction parts? Oh no, we're right. we can jump anywhere. You know that's what's no, great about no our rules. show. We have no <laughs> clue, and we're all ADD. Yes, <laughs> zero focus. Yes, yes. Um, okay, so I know it's a movie about nonconform. It's he's he doesn't conform. The movie doesn't conform. That was their advertisement for it and everything. And we get it throughout the movie, but there's this weird shot after the egg uh, eating contest where. Uh, Paul Coolhand is yes. in the Jesus position on his back Crucifix. on the table. Yeah, yeah, in his underwear like that. And mm -hmm. I went, wait a minute. Yeah, so he Jesus now? Why he Jesus? He ate a bunch of. Well, eggs. that's one of the things. Is there's a lot of uh, you know a, a lot of symbolism in this film, and but I think if he eat fifty eggs, you're Jesus. Kind of the well, leader of oh, this oh, okay. group of <laughs> just uh, undesirables, which is kind of like Jesus. Mm -hmm. So he comes in there and transforms right. them, and they're rooting for him, and then he gets crucified. Basically, so yeah, 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 yeah. And yeah. George Kennedy turns out to be like Judas in the yeah. end, you know. So he basically throws. He's trying him to save him. It's a very but, like yeah, I, <sighs> and he doesn't want to be with him, you know. He wants to be out on his own and and in a different place. And so I think there's a lot of that, if you know, from the you know studying the Bible over the years, you, you find there's a ton of stories that come out and they kind of, you know, it's not very often that we see that popping into a, a film and they kind of use a symbol. But I think it's done very well in this. And it's also, you know, there's a lot of things that you got to think about the time period when this was, you know, made too. In 67, there was a, you know, we were in Vietnam War and all that kind of stuff was going on. So, you know, it, the symbolism that goes back into the story kind of really works. And I think it works in a, in a, a skillful way. So, uh, it's a, it's a, a neat movie in that aspect of it. So, yeah, oh. but I think that it's a great point. You know, it is a, you know, situation. There's also, I don't know if you, when you watch the film, if yeah. you notice like the, mm -hmm. a lot of the crosses, there's tons of like crossroads, <laughs> like shots that were elevated up on the yes, road yeah. even was done in a cross and crucifix, you know, type things. So I think you know, it, you know, they that was part of the the idea to to make that, and and I think at that time too, that probably related to a lot more sales, and maybe that's why this is one of the top one hundred films still. You know, it ranks very high up, um, and it has some of the best lines in it still yeah. quoted. Um, I'm sure you guys can all fire away. I have a story about that later. Yeah. Oh my. And I, I didn't <laughs> so. realize that Jack Lemmon was behind that too. So yeah. Right. Well, so he uh, originally, you know, he they came. Jack Lemmon was originally going to play yep. uh, Paul Newman's character. He's and be he read Damn. the read it and he said, "I just don't think this is my 
cup of tea, right. and I don't think I would be good right. in it. And, and I think he was so, I, you know, it would have been if you played it and it would have been comical, a different movie. It could have been kind of funny. Yeah. Uh, but it'd be a wholly, whole, totally different movie. Yeah, but Jack Lemmon could do oh, absolutely. Uh, and, and tragic roles easily. Come on, look at uh. Oh, he, oh, he was very good, but I just don't yeah. think and it would have come off. It, it, it would have been a different film at its time, and then it got picked up. I, I do think that that was why they had right. a lot of, um, I would say, a little different approach to the story, and that they had these parallels with Jesus, and they had these other things that were going on, and I think Jack Lemmon was very intentional about it. Um, and was still involved in the production all the way through, so I... I Kind of give these guys a lot of credit for filmmaking in that era. Nice. Roger Ebert uh, said this was an anti-establishment film, uh, which was shot during oh, the yeah. time of emerging, pop, you know, popular opposition to Vietnam War. It, it, you know, mm-hmm. that's a very interesting statement too. That's th- you know, thrown in there, and especially coming in with an independent film at that time, you're really pushing. A lot of different things, uh, and, I, and right around that. What when was West Side Story? Come, when did that come out? What year was that? West Side Story. Mm-hmm. When? Uh, West Side. Uh-huh. That was nineteen sixty one. Sixty one. Okay, so see, all those were go. kind of in that. You know, I mean, you know, six years different, but um, but there was a lot of that that was happening. They were trying to, you know, use the you know kind of the religious aspects into the story to try to, you know, generate sales and, and, and pick up extra avenues. So, you know, I think it worked for them in this and, and it, it makes a different underlying story to it also. Them clothes got laundry numbers on them. You remember your number and always wear the ones that has your number. Any man forgets his number, spends a night in the box. These here spoons you keep with you. Any man loses his spoon, spends a night in the box. There's no playing grab ass or fighting in the building. You got a grudge against another man, you fight him Saturday afternoon. Any man playing grab ass or fighting in the building spends a night in the box. First bell is at five minutes of eight. When you will get in your box. Last bell is at eight. Any man not in his bunk at eight spends a night in the box. There's no smoking in the prone position in bed. To smoke, you must have both legs over the side of your bunk. Any man caught smoking in the prone position in bed spends a night in the box. You get two sheets every Saturday. You put the clean sheet in the top, the top sheet in the bottom, the bottom sheet you turn in the laundry board. Any man turns in the wrong sheet spends a night in the box. Which no one will sit in the bunks with dirty pants on. Any man with dirty pants on sitting on a bunk spends a night in the box. Any man don't bring back his empty pop bottle spends a night in the box. Any man loud talking spends a night in the box. You got questions, you come to me. I'm Carr, the floor walker. I'm responsible for order in here. Any man don't keep order spends a night in the box. So what kind of exciting drinks are you guys drinking? I How about you, Laura? You want to tell us what kind the of lemon festive ginger drink? zombie flavored white zombie flavored? That's what it says. G- lemon ginger zombie flavored white ale. From Catawba Brewing, it's zombie flavored. Man, that, why's it gotta be? Well, why's it gotta be know, white zombies? Maybe they're a d- different flavor. I like Catawba Brewing. They're, they're pretty good. Yeah, yeah. Right. it's very refreshing. Yeah, they do a great job, and uh, there you go. And that fits right <laughs> into mm-hmm. the prison mm-hmm. scene for the zombies. Yeah, <laughs> so it's right there. <laughs> zombies can't think for yeah. themselves. Yeah. Uh, what you drinking, Squeaker? Squeaker, Squeaker what you got on the mix? Mine's not nearly as exciting. I got a blackberry white claw. Ah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. That's a, <laughs> is that worse? Like I don't know. Yeah. Well, that's a nice umbrella yeah. you got in. I don't know. That might, might not have been worse. <laughs> All right, how about a just how about beer? a no frills beer? <laughs> I would have been impressed. Beer, it just says beer on it. 
Uh, just like, beer. like the old sitcoms, light yeah. beer. Yeah. Well, that, you know, they do all that stuff so that no one can uh, come back and sue them, you know, with all that. But we don't care. Please about don't that. sue us. Uh, you know, because uh, we were poor. Exactly. Exactly. Uh, Patrick, what, what do you got firing over there? Well, this Ooh. is a fine filtered water. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you're just mm-hmm. you're going deep on it again. That's good. That's good. Yeah. Doing the water. Yeah. You- my beer last night. Yeah. Nice. Nice. Well, what'd you drink last night? Uh, oh. The only real beer there is Guinness. Guinness. Ah, good job. You know what? I have missed a Guinness during this whole Did you do the draft cans? I need to break out one of those. Yeah. Bottles. Well, I, f- I bottled it. Uh-oh. Mm. Oh, oh. So, uh-oh. Uh-oh. Let's hear what you drink. Uh, I mean, what uh, uh, Gene Kelly's drinking. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, <laughs> Gene Kelly, what you drinking over there? Um, I have pineapple that I have marinated all day in fireballs. So if I'm, I'm going to be giving it a good taste test now in front of you guys, and we'll see. Yes. Oh, and we'll describe awesome. what we see, audience. Yeah. She's chewing. Yep. Looks like she's, she's liking it. Out. Chewing. I think that's <laughs> that's a thumbs up. Yes. She's nodding her head. head. I th- she's drilling oh, slightly. That's, little, um, yeah. Yeah. that's a good combo. Kick and burn, yeah. Yeah. Kick. Yeah. Hot fruit, <laughs> yeah. baby. Yeah. Like- Can I well, say we're for- <laughs> we're about twenty something episodes Agreed. around. That's the coolest yep. drink we've had on the show. Yet. It I is by far, <laughs> without a doubt. Oh dang! Yeah. She's so fancy. Oh, yeah. <laughs> uh-huh. You know, know what? It. She classes know up this program. Kelly, I just want fancy. you to know. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Yes, she does. And speaking what are you of drinking? the opposite of that, Kent, what yes. are you drinking? Well, I, because I know mm. Patrick loves this drink so much, I thought, and since he can't be here with me, I thought the only way to really celebrate this was to have oh, a yeah. bottle of Willet. And, Willet. you know, because, you know, we went through five that's all we and that's all we could talk about. So I figured, well, let's just bring it back. I know. That's it. <laughs> It is. We, had we some, did have some Willet. We some had Willet good times. A lot of different Woo. stuff in the beginning. So some Willet good times. You had your you had your Korean beer that for was old boy. Yeah, that was a, that was good because we couldn't find one. Yeah. So speaking of which, uh, yeah, there's a lot of all, other podcasts that you know you can go back and listen to some of our. This is going to be our twenty six podcast actually. Uh, oh. I think this is twenty. Somebody squeaker? Anyway, Are you? Coming? I don't know. Um, yes, you should be. <laughs> I thought it was twenty six. We, we only have five listeners. They're counting. Twenty six. Let's just say twenty. Let's 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 say twenty six. So yeah, just have another twenty seven. Yeah. Everybody has. So here's here's that's right. <laughs> twenty seven on the wall. And um, so speaking of on the wall. How about this movie and escape scenes? Uh, what was your What was your favorite escape? You know that uh, Luke. Oh, the one took through the floor in, uh, is so bold. It's just like you're you're not expecting it, mm-hmm. and like you're like, "Holy shit! What are they doing? Oh my god!" And then before you know it, it's happening. There's like no planning. Well, he says it, yeah, at some I, point. He says, "I don't plan anything." <laughs> Well, <laughs> this is true, and I this think that. But he also had everybody helping him yeah. with that because they all knew we're about it, and they were all I, I in on the game. Bad for the guy that got flagged by the barbed wire fence. That was tough. And, uh, yes, and and I was really surprised when he said they only got a mile and a half away. I thought, 
he's been running a long time. I have the dog died right. from exhaustion after a mile and a half. So I think that right. was a hot point issue, unless he kept running in circles or something. Yep. Yeah, Blue had a bad he heart, killed, I guess. Yeah, I thought about but that I, one. I, I, I was like, how did... Like yeah. yeah, somebody killed the dog. Like, he ran it too far, and it's like, that's the stupidest well, thing. And that was Anthony Zerb, dog boy, saying that. But he was <laughs> also... He the dog. <laughs> it was like, he was. He only did a mile and a half, but he was crossing back and forth over fences and trying to yeah. do that to, you know, work the dogs and all that. So he probably, you know, he probably did only yeah. go on a mile and a half, which is not a smart so he, move. He, he got his <laughs> yeah, he trying got to get away from. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> he got his steps in for the day. He got his yes, and yours he got, he and everybody steps <laughs> yes. in that day. Yeah. Oh, blue, my boy. Poor blue. Blue is my boy too. That's right. Yeah. Crossfit over the fences and the and I thought, why well, why doesn't he just stay with the water, stay stay going down that creek. And, yeah, uh, stay in the water. Like they, they can't that follow thing. that smell. So I guess yeah, um, yeah. you know his Luke was a, a character, but he was not a smart man. <laughs> no, and I think that I think that's the thing about this. You know, anyone that gets locked up, first of all, going to prison. Uh, you know, he's he's already had you know all these things. He was Kurt. You know, he's a. He's a free spirit in one way, um, but he, you know he's sitting there trying to do things new. And and you know if you get locked up for cutting off the tops of parking meters, I mean that's right there alone. Not only was he you know he was cutting them all. I thought originally when I first watched it, I was like, oh he's going to nope. cut them, and then he's he just set them next to the next to the pole. Run off, but no, yeah, I thought he. It was like he wanted to get caught. Yeah, and it was like change to get that because there's a mm-hmm. wing shortage in this country, and I thought that's what he yeah. was doing. <laughs> right, but you yeah. know, yes, right. I think we do have that going really on right damaged now. Damaged so. by the war. Yeah, I think that he was not he he was not okay when he came back, and I don't think he could let go of killing people. I, I think that that really hurt him to his core, and he wanted something to happen to him. I agree with you because in the in the church scene, he had that confession to God. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I've killed a lot of people, and but it was in the military that he did it. So he wasn't killing people back in the states; he was mm-hmm. doing it right war wartime. So uh, I think he felt mad about that. He probably saw a lot of crazy stuff over there, and. Uh, and this is the impact, and so I, I. And there was another guy in the in the prison with him that was always saying, "When I, when I was in the navy, when I was in so mm-hmm. the military guy." So that was a comment, I think, purposely that these guys come back a little messed up. And we don't take care of them. Yeah, and this was in a time when it, no one talked about that, you know, at all. So it, it's a completely different. You know, time frame of you know now we're a yeah. little bit more aware, and there's been a lot of movies that now yeah. that talk about it and discuss it. And, but you know, they were still coming back. Not and, and he knew, like, you know, but, oh god, sorry, go yeah. ahead. And I do like the fact. I was going to say I like the fact that the crime he committed to get him put away was so bizarre and so kind of ambiguous that we didn't have this mean. Like, if he killed somebody. We're going to immediately have this judgment towards him, but when you see him cut, you're like, That's "I liked just it. Weird. I liked Something it. He was trying to help people but, out." Uh, <laughs> I, I thought it was a great choice. Great choice, mm-hmm. and it was a quick. It was a quick scene too, because the movie's not no, about. Doesn't matter. 
how he goes to jail. It's about him in and the in, scene he has. Oh, I'm sorry. So, <laughs> one of the other good. things. It's good. I was gonna say about the escapes. One one thing I really liked was that they didn't show him getting caught again. They just show him being returned to the prison. Right. Like I thought it. Right. I thought it was right. a really good touch to not, you know, show a trace and then finding him. I thought it was interesting because you you know when he came back that it had that. I don't know. It, you know, if you'd done it the other direction, it was too much about like ending the story almost, and that's the way. And I think that just kept the story going and it kept flowing through. And I think this is a great, you know. It's it's an interesting story how this script and all that was you know the book you know the book came out and it, you know it's you know based off of it and then you know that was based off of true things that had happened that he heard about oh Don Pierce prison, yeah you know so you know Don Pierce you know which is you know here's a convict that wrote about some of the stories that he heard while he was in there so he had realistic aspects and one of the things I think he oh, did no. not like the way the movie turned out. Um, was one of the things that I've heard, you know, uh, reading about it and all that, that he was, you know, a little distressed by it um, because it didn't. Didn't come he off punch the way somebody he out right the head. day before they Even were going to premiere of... it? And then he wasn't invited to the premiere. He did, <laughs> and so <laughs> he did. Yeah. So you're saying he didn't like how uh, how it ended with Luke? How well, his, uh, I don't know what to what extent, but I just know that he was very I distraught think he about it, Luke and that was, was one of the things cute. that caused the fight. He thought and, Luke was too good looking and too innocent looking, and it wasn't he wasn't as gritty as he thought Luke should be. Missed call. But think about the I mean, you put Paul Newman, you know, with no shirt on it at that time on, you know, in any kind of material and it's going to be off the charts. Maybe even now. I mean, you know, the guy's still, he was, those eyes, you know, he had these incredible eyes. I do. Do you need to take a drink or a shower or something? I do need a shower. It's like when they were talking about that lady washing her car and like, you know, meow, but for Paul Newman Oh, Lucille. Right. Yeah. <laughs> and I, the first thing is, he kept going on, because uh, George Kennedy, <laughs> who's fucking brilliant in this movie, kept calling her Lucille. She's so beautiful. How could she be anything, named anything else besides yeah. Lucille? All I could think with of was Negan from Walking Dead with his bat, calling it uh, calling it Lucille. And I'm like, I wonder if he stole that from, you know, Dragline. From <laughs> well, from and cool that scene Luke. was so good because it was the end. You know, you know those guys are all jacked up. You know, yeah. seeing a woman and like, what a woman! Anything, you know? <laughs> not, not quite literally not. jacked up. <laughs> and uh, later on that, I was afraid they were yes. going to be jacked up. <laughs> so. I'd never seen it before. I was like, and I don't know where this movie is They all have to get I'm up and like excuse right themselves to the bathroom. <laughs> yes. Yes, that was a very good a good scene on that. But I, I think it was neat that the way that they, they showed that scene and then the way they kind of cut back and forth. This film, you know, there's not a lot of cuts in it, but it's like they're really smart cuts and, they're, and they make the scenes work. Um, and, you know, going back to, once again, this, it's the telling that story in a long form and not breaking it apart that makes us. I, th- I think this film still is, is still really valuable a in a lot of ways time. So yeah if you're doing time you can't make it like 
Two visually exciting <laughs> people. Ooh, prison camps are fun. I mean, there's always something going on. So it's what like was a the ride at an amusement right. park? <laughs> what was the one scene that really just your your oh, heart kind of dropped in this film? Yeah, when, when he plays this song for his mom and oh, he's crying. Yeah. Oh yeah. God. Yeah. Yeah. Although I agree, really and I love the way the guys just backed off of his face. There was a level of respect there, just giving him that opportunity to breathe on his own, give him some privacy he don't have in prison. Mm-hmm. That was that was nice. I'm very telling. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Good scene. Good scene. Yeah. I I tell you the scene that got me was when he when he. He was broken, Ugh. you know, and he's out there in the hole, or what you think is he's broken. You know, that you scene he was really, really got me because, yeah, um, I think he was at that point. I mean, I think you're, you're, first of all, you know, your body can only take so much. And at a certain point, it's just you're starting to get emotional and you're starting to shut down and everything sort of. So he's going to, that's natural. What I think they did a good job at really showing that scene and yeah. making it realistic. But the fact is, you know, at a point your body just gives out and you realize that you're, yeah. you're you know, he was broken at that point. Now, nah. was he completely broken? Did he pull it? No. Uh, I don't know, though, because George Kennedy asks him. He, go, he goes, oh, you played like you were broken and blah, blah, blah. And uh, mm-hmm. Paul Newman just goes, I, I was broken. He was at that time. There's no uh, doubt. But that doesn't mean you didn't repair yeah. yourself and get back. Oh, and realize. oh, oh, right, right, right. Now to to try to escape and you know with right. a two year. Yeah, sentence, all he had to do was keep his head little, down and do his you know, time. Yeah, kind of. And also with that last escape, right. when he got out yeah. of the truck, I'm like, why the hell did they pull over to the side of the road and cover the truck up with brush? Why did they just take the truck all the way until they ran out of right. gas? They never explained that. So that was kind of like, all right, right, now they're in the middle of the woods again, stuck, and so. He really should have explained that they ran out of gas or there was some reason why they didn't go further. I just poor choices yeah. on their part, meaning either his own or his character's not right, uh, or he just uh, that the filmmaker dropped the ball there just a little bit. I, I agree, and, and it's it was a very abrupt kind of break in the story and i kind of at that point i literally kind of backed out of the story a little bit but uh, you know just subconsciously you kind of pull away because you don't it doesn't look feel real and it's the only thing in the whole thing that didn't feel real to me that i was like i can see this happening i can see this happening. and that's number one thing i look at when i'm watching something mm-hmm. does it feel would this happen could it happen and is it believable and that was the one part i just was like i don't I know can guys we just i could Unless they thought they were yeah. going to be looking for that vehicle, and that exactly was it. if if they if in yeah. their mentality it's then all points bulletin is going to be put out for that vehicle, they got to lose the vehicle, right? Or and, all they had to uh, say was put that line in there, you know, hey, this is a good idea of putting, you know, and if you do that, then you clarify it, or hey, man, we ran out of gas, and you don't have to, you know, from a filmmaker standpoint, it doesn't take much to to cover your ass on it, but I didn't think he covered it in this part of it, you know, I think they. I think it, it just, and maybe, who knows, if that was something in the edit room that was left off the edit, I don't know, and it was shot, and they just, you know, through the edit part, they decided to shorten it. Because this is a pretty yeah. long film, too. Um, I'm not sure, Squeaker, are you looking at Two hours, yeah, two, 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 two or six. Or so that was a long film back then, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, there was some film. It's a long film like, now. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. 
So it's two hours, seven minutes. Wow. Yeah. With credits. Uncle Luke, why can't you have chains? Yeah, well, let me tell you something. You know, them chains ain't metals. You get them for making mistakes. And you make a bad enough mistake, and then you got to deal with the man. And he is one rough old boy. Okay. So, if if you were watching this film for the first time, okay, which some Squeaker I think and Squeaker, Squeaker and uh, Patrick myself. did, what what was the one thing that you took out of this film that made you go, "Oh, I can understand why this is a classic film." Squeaker, <laughs> I'm gonna let Patrick go first on that one, did man. <laughs> um. Because it is, it's one of those, it's a classic because it's in that time period, like I was talking about earlier, it's that rebellious uh, period of time where, like Easy Rider, I don't know what year Easy Rider was, uh, maybe 69? 68 or 69. These are movies about, and what you guys were saying, it's during the Vietnam War, it's uh, rebellious, these are character studies, uh, because the story is not some, you know, it's not Inception. It's not the Odyssey. It's It's uh, not, yeah. It's pretty cut mm-hmm. and dry. It's not the Odyssey. It's not 2001. Uh, so these are character studies, and it's very... Uh, I'll be interested to see the films that are made during this time period that reflect the uh, what's going on in our country and world yeah. and see... Uh, uh, that'll be very interesting. I hope I'm in a few. <laughs> I hope I make it that long. Do you hear that, people? <laughs> Hire Patrick Canada, for your films. <laughs> <clears throat> hire me <laughs> hire me hire me please I, and i will say it. um kind of the same thing in that while i felt some of Cop it was out. dated the story itself was like it's a story that everyone can relate to you've been stuck in a, stuck somewhere you really don't know where to go we all know the um you know the prison story of you can relate to how terrible that would be to be in prison working on that uh chain gang crew so I do think the story itself worked. Yeah. In that way, I don't know. <laughs> no, I, and I agree with you on it. It is, you know, let's be honest, we've all been the man the man in the box, you know, or the let's say human in the box because I don't think it's a man only. In this situation it was only men that were but you know, being that person in that box where you felt isolated from the rest of the world and you felt, you know, that's right. As a matter of fact, a lot of people are going through that right now. With, and you're with, questioning you know, every situation at hand. Like, so I think like, Hey old man, what, right. what's my purpose? Yeah. What's going on? What do you tell me something? Right. You know, especially right now, I mean, we're going through all this with the, you know, the politics and, and coming up on the elections and all that stuff. It's very relevant even still today in, in what he's dealing with about the, you know, the man, you know. Uh, so it, with all of that. The man. You know, it just sounds funny when Ken the says. The man. You know, the man. Well, the man. I mean, how else can you? Or, I don't want to get into you know, the politics of the that man. on all of it. And we can, you know, that's yeah, I think anyone who for any other podcast you want to listen really. to. Yeah, uh, you know, we, we, we all have, have our, our, our the man in, in our life. But <laughs> movies affect situations, and good writing affects people's visions of what the world should be like. And I think, you know, this was a good example of what that is. You know, it's a great story. It's a it's a great. 
I think it's a, I mean, there's so many levels to this story. The more I watch it, the more I think about it, the more I just go, yeah. God, it's really deep, you know? And a lot of films don't have that layer. They have uh, a lot, of, especially now, I think the writing was so much better back, you know, in the older days. And they, they told a story, you know? They told a story that was, and now people want to just, Fast forward through the story and just get to this. This story is know, patient. Hey, we're not looking. It's at very it, patient, you know, and and it takes its time, and it's okay with mm-hmm. that because you got time. Well, I think the parallel is going on in their lives. It has to, it, but it has to. It has parallel to parallel what's going on in their lives. They 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 have to plod through, and every day it's the same. Notice they have right. beans and cornbread. That's all they have to see for the most part. That's all you see, and then every day they're going out right. and they're cutting the side of the road. Over and over and over, very mundane, very monotonous, and that that litany of if you do this, you're going in the box. If you do this, you're going in the box. If you do this, you're going on the box. Smoke in bed, you're going to go in the box. And so it was just one thing after another. And so you have to be patient, and you have to kind of just sit and listen, and watch this story unfold. And as you do, you find the textures and layers so rich. And um, so often, as you said, can't we don't have that in our contemporary filmmaking? I think it's just uh, um, how how many times can we punch somebody in the face and realistically can they, they survive or that kind of brutality and this and the visuals effects and things like that? Business storytelling to it. It's just more glorification of violence or. Let's do let's do this to do and all the audience. I feel like audiences have come to expect that more so than um, just being thoughtful and patient. It's like reading the good book, you know, and mm-hmm. the, the sentence structure and the way that it unfolds. If you're patient, you'll you'll see the art. You see the art form. It's kind of like any, any work of art. You just have to really be go in, not wanting to rush through it. Yeah, and, and and the you know this is a story that they they don't do that you know they take this and they they kind of they keep working it and keep building it you know there's la- layers of like even like the depth of you know the the you've got so many different people in prison there and it's the hierarchy of who's who you know and one of the scenes that I think it really brings it all together to me is the egg scene okay. Uh, not from just the fact of, you know, here's a guy eating 50 eggs, which I'm sorry. I don't know if you guys have eaten five eggs. It's, it <laughs> will, it's amazing. Like, I mean, I love deviled eggs, but I can't imagine eating, you know, 10 of them, much less 50 eggs, you know, and I love eggs. But the thing about it was, <laughs> it was everyone betting against, okay? And I don't think too many people have talked about yeah. that, but it's the betting against him to not do this you know mm-hmm. they were all like no way you can do this and he just kept powering through it and powering through it and he had his cycle of like isolating himself and and i think that's also very interesting in how it was told because it gave humanity an aspect of that you know no matter what your challenge is no matter how big it is and how crazy the possibility there's your body can possibly do these things you if know you what put it was? your mind in the right It was space. a Jesus miracle. And I loved that. It was it was right. it was a, a Luke a miracle. miracle, you know, just in Luke form instead of like 
Jesus feeding all the people. We're just gonna feed Luke fifty eggs, and that'll be your miracle. <laughs> well, that's your miracle, all right. That's bizarre. Yeah. You want to hear? You want to know something really bizarre? Is because I've just seen it for the first time a week ago. There's an episode of Malcolm in the Middle where he's in military school, <laughs> and there everyone's saying that the oldest brother can't. Oh, uh, Francis! Eat a hundred. Uh-huh. Uh, that was a great episode. Peeps. The Francis can't wow. eat a hundred of those Easter peeps. Yes. And yes. it's very similar. It's very similar yeah. to the uh, Cool Hand Luke scene, but there's yes. less vomiting in uh, Cool Hand Luke. But in there reality, was in there Malcolm was a lot of vomiting on set of Cool Hand Luke. That is what I read. Like he could not eat the eggs. Oh and yeah. And I'm really curious about how they. I'm actually actually he didn't vomit. Well, the, did but George Kennedy says that he, he ate. They like, cut seven. every. Oh really? From from what I understand, he never ate an egg, and yeah, you can't the spit see this. Yeah, bucket. this was one of the things I kind of dug into. He literally would put it, but if you watch the cuts, it makes sense. He never, you never see him swallow an egg all the way. That's what I was watching today. Kent yeah. was Brought going like, yeah, he's not really eating them. No, man, can you imagine his bathroom <laughs> visit after that? Oh my goodness, it would just be like that God. mushroom cloud. Yeah, yeah. And-, <laughs> and you know, and you know, from you know, from being on set, you know, we've all seen it. You know, you you roll through these things over mm-hmm. and over and over and over and over again. So yes. for the fact that he chose not to, from what I understand, they. You know, he did spit it out, so it maybe came off like he was throwing it. But from what I understood, he had not swallowed. Well, yeah, how, he might, how I'm could sure he not? Like that was a bunch you'll of swallow but a like, little how'd bit. how'd they get his little yeah. belly to poke yeah. out? That's a, yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah, he was spending. Well, that was, I'm sure, you know, you can bloat your stomach to <laughs> did, do that. Was it all the beans? Really it was all the beans, wasn't it? You. That's <laughs> what did it. Okay. The beans were doing it, yeah. How did they not have a scene like – like the, the uh, blazing saddles with all the beans that were being. Uh, yeah, I'm yeah. surprised there wasn't like, all right, last last bell. Yeah. So this says there were there were 200 hard boiled eggs provided for the film scene, and Newman ate only about. Eight. Oh, okay. There we go. Okay. Now here was a question I had. They just go I know. Where chickens. Where eggs from? <laughs> Who boiled them? <laughs> Well, there was the scene was with that. I don't know. The guy was kind of Thanks, across Laura. like the fence almost, but he wasn't like outside. He was like a, a cook or something, and they'd worked out something. Do they really have a cook for sure. cornbread? I'm sure they do. Like, you know, it's, it's like it's very funny. It's like, who did you talk to to cook up all Cookie? these eggs? We got a bet going. Would you hard boil all these? He eggs? was. Did the captain? Well, IMDb said that. Uh, IMDb says the cast and crew. There were none the left. There were not. Uh, there were left over. <laughs> oh, I would imagine. Uh, let's help yeah. it with the ones that were left. <laughs> you're, you're, especially on an indie film, you're trying to. Here's your craft table. Everywhere you can, and not. Except Dennis people. Hopper would run out. For, yes. <laughs> Dennis Hopper would run after the ones that uh, Paul Newman spit out and like, eat those. Yeah, thank you. <laughs> he was well, a he baby. Was so young in that movie. Was was. <laughs> what was his issue? Was he just? He like, just not liked having fun. Mentally, is that what we were to get? Who was thinking? Was that yeah, about well, he, Rain Man he was too, having though. fun too. Hopper, <laughs> <laughs> the one down on the uh, porch dancing like that Hopper. really odd dance. Who was doing that? That was. 
Very peculiar. Yes. And no, it was very, very interesting, but very captivating. I was kind of like, I don't know what I'm really looking at, but I'm just waiting for this train to crash into something. What about, you when, know? He, what about when he's saying his prayers at night and then he did? I love that. People inside at the end, yeah. like with his fingers. I was like, all right, he's got stuff going on, obviously. Who was your favorite character in the whole thing? I mean, if you had to pick one character out of the whole movie, who's your favorite? I love I Luke. Kennedy. George Kennedy. Yeah, George Kennedy too. I, I think I'm going to agree with uh, Gene Kelly there and go with, uh, because honestly, when uh, George Kennedy shows up at the beginning, I thought he might have, I thought he might be a stupid guy and be like just the, you know, the thug. The big galoot. Yeah. Yeah, just a thug. And then as you see him growing throughout, even after the, uh, the poker game where he gets, gives him the name Cool Hand Luke. And he goes, you had nothing, just like when you were fighting me today. You had nothing. And you start seeing changes in him. And it was, I thought that was really great. Paul Newman loved him, but he didn't. I don't think he really changed until, unless you count when he gets broken. But he obviously yep. didn't change because then he's all running away again, doing his crazy nonsense. But I, yeah, I go with George Kennedy. Or Bob Lagoots. Squeaker, you had a good good question in the break. Uh, what was that? Yeah, so I, I will say my favorite character was Luke to it. Um, but my question was, what do you think he was trying to gain from escaping? Um, you know, you knew he was broken from the war. Um, did he know he was going to get caught every time? Was it just for fun? Was it something to do? Yeah. What, something what to do. Yeah. I think it was something to do. Why did he eat 50 eggs? I think he wanted to. You know, I think he wanted to get away. I mean, literally, you know, who wants to be in prison, you know? And I think he was that kind of person that was like, uh, you know, and, and once again, you got the man, you know, it goes back to that, you know? The man. You know? Ken, one day I'm going to introduce you. You know the, the man? man? The man. Oh, I, we're introduced to the man. The man, everybody knows the man. So uh, there's always one, the man. You know? I expect to hear Johnny Cash. Which would be like great he just to hear purposely that. Would escape and he purposely cut the meters so he could get arrested. He went to, maybe he just wanted to be there. He wanted a place to be. And that whole scene with his mother coming on her deathbed and speaking to him and her giving the house to his brother and the whole, he just acquiesced. I think he just, this was what he expected in the world. And he'd go out and get jobs. And then he used, what two weeks pay to have that picture made of himself with the with the glamour ground? Yeah, put it in a magazine and send it to them. Yeah. <laughs> Early Photoshop there. Yeah. <laughs> so I, I'm thinking maybe he just didn't have a home, and that was his his idea of a home, and he just kept escaping because he get stuck there well, again, because a- two years would have gone by pretty quickly. Yeah, he played it smart. Well, there's a lot of people that do that. And, you know, um, I, I did a little documentary piece that we did, and it was with homeless people, and we were asking them, you know, why are you on the street? What, what's, you know, why are you, what's going through your mind? You know, what, what, how did this happen? What's all, and some of them, you know, they said, look, I was in prison, you know, and there's like, well, what, you know, what caused you to be in prison? Well, I had no money, and I could go there. I had a place to stay. I wasn't living on the street, I was getting food. I was, you know, everything was given to me basically. And so, you know, they were going back and forth in that, that 
back and forth to you know get locked up. You know, they were almost so I could understand that in some ways, you know, and mm-hmm. I think think that adds another layer of what this film's about. It's, I mean, there's you know, the good thing is, is I love a film that gives you enough that your imagination can take the pieces and develop and, and go in any direction. I didn't want to you know, read any more about no it before it. we did this because I didn't want to have other people influence my thoughts. And so I was really avoiding that. And I think I'll read more about it now after this podcast, just to kind of, you know, what's Roger Ebert say? Why did he keep running? Why did knowing that he would probably be caught? Because, you know, if you're running back and forth and just trying to do the dog, for a mile and a half, that's not smart. You know, obviously, I, th- I think he really just, this was what he wanted. He wanted to be in jail. He wanted to play this game. And yeah. prison life wasn't that, I mean, it was not great because he's on this road chain gang. Oh, it could have been a lot worse. But a lot worse. They're drinking pop uh, at night and they're... They're playing yeah. music and they have packages <laughs> delivered to them and... Well, let's all go to jail. Have you guys ever? Yeah. Have, have you guys ever slept with twenty five guys? Have in you? The same have room you? Kent? Snoring? Have it's you? Not a good thing. So, no, but he has. I have. Sounds Maybe. like one of us has. I've slept in. I've slept in a teepee with a bunch of guys like that. So yeah, I have. Yeah, but you did that voluntarily. Yeah, um, we did that voluntary, and and you could always walk out afterwards. So. But how different is the? I literally slept outside so I could get some sleep. Yeah, very similar to the military. Very similar. Uh, I mean, it's very similar. So it might have been where he was comfortable is being around a bunch of guys in their underwear, <laughs> farting, eating beans, eating bad food, uh, getting some soda pop and, music and, uh, uh, and their packages, whatever you yeah. say before. Yeah. Yeah. And you feel like you're part of something. It might not be. But he didn't feel like he was part of anything like else. But, it was uh, like maybe the only place he felt like he belonged. Exactly. Yeah. And this uh, this escape thing that he did kind of raised his uh, his status at, at the prison too because every time he'd go away they were all excited and come back and they were he was they went up a notch in their estimation so I did, I think he, that was his world that's what he wanted to me um, he he was not purposeful I think it was but I don't think he was into this. I don't think he was into the status aspect of it. I think he was just being him, you know, mm-hmm. and that was who he was. And, you know, even though he was upset when he, you know, he came back and people, you know, when he was basically in the hole and they were, he was digging the, you know, the, the grave and, and then filling it back up. Even then, you know, he was upset. Yeah. Where with are how you now? Reacted to him, but he settled into who, but he settled into who he, you know, it was still like who he was. And that, I think, you know, that's the thing. He, he, that's the person he was. And I think that's neat to see that in a film because nowadays it's all too much right. painting of a picture of who this person is and not who the really person is underneath and inside and what they're about. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's good good to see films and hopefully there'll be more films that they won't like have that Paul Newman future, you know? so I know this film is <laughs> no no probably not this is this is really yeah. strange my mother loved prison <laughs> movies which is kind of a weird thing to say but um, no I love prison movies too but she and I remember going to see uh, was it Brubaker uh, that was another film that was a prison film that was Redford mm-hmm. Redford which was a really good film. Brubaker. It was made yeah. by the uh, same director. 
Rebecca. So I, I was curious. I was like, well, mm. he's got the uh, he's got the foundation, understand the prison system, and the kind of storytelling. And that was actually a very good film. I don't know where it rates in the list. I don't think it's up as high as Corham Luke, but I do think Redford did a great job in that movie, and it was a good prison film. I want to see it now. I think he directed uh, some intro- he, he which is really surprising. Oh, really? He directed Rosenberg? the Amityville Horror. Wow. Uh huh. Good job. The yeah, original Stu. first one. Yes, with, uh, the seventy nineteen seventy nine, and uh, I don't know if you ever saw. Um, uh, God, I'm drawing a blank on it. Love and Bullets. He directed that. Um, wow. Had Charles Bronson in it. So he had a very uh, diverse, you know, kind of. Film. Well, and the Pope and Dr- uh, Greenwich so, Papa yeah, Greenwich yeah. Village. Mickey mm-hmm. Rourke. Wow. Yeah. Which had wow. Mickey Rourke and uh, Daryl Hannah. Greg Roberts. And Great soundtrack. Eric, Eric Roberts. Yeah. Yeah. That was the movie where everyone said Eric Roberts and uh, Mickey Rourke yeah. were going to be big. Was it yeah. Mickey mm-hmm. Rourke? Mm-hmm. Yeah, it was Mickey, Mickey Rourke. Rourke. Those oh. two. Those two were going to be huge after it, yeah. and then they both kind of went a different direction. Yeah. Yeah. Was that was that before or after <laughs> the yeah. uh, yeah. Roberts accident? <laughs> I think it was before, and I think uh, this is before Mickey Rourke did his uh, nine and a half weeks or whatever that movie was. Oh yeah, who could yes. forget that? It was. Oh yeah, yeah. What was, was, uh, what was like a motorcycle accident, accident, accident? Wasn't it? Best of the best. Mickey Rourke. Oh, it was an actual yeah. accident. Well, both of them. Mickey Rourke had one too. Yeah. So yeah, Mickey Rourke the one that got into boxing or something or using his face as uh Well that was not that wasn't why his face was messed up from it was from the accident. <laughs> but he didn't he get really really quite a bit boxing because he was not a very good boxer. Did not know that. Nah. And uh, not oh, a good I mean, Chris Penn. Penn. Oh. Kind of a different person. So I've heard some yeah. Well he did the same thing, got into <laughs> the boxing and uh <laughs> 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 okay, Travis, you nailed that one. <laughs> okay. Where'd the rope go? That's it. That's the end of it. Man, there's still daylight. There's about two hours left. What do we do now? Nothing. <laughs> oh, look, you wild, beautiful thing. <laughs> you crazy handful of them. Get What's mad at them question? damn eggs. I know, Patrick. I... <laughs> 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 <Yes>. <laughs> I, that's a good one. That's yeah. what Jamin yells yeah. at you. Did, well, have you have you been to breakfast here? You know that. Oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> no, but I've seen the live feed. <laughs> I mean, the most popular uh, quote, obviously, is it, it's funny because right, I'm going to tell a quick little story, tiny little story. Years ago, I was doing a production of I hadn't seen the movie yet, and. Uh, we we're doing a production of uh, A Few Good Men, and it's me and my, my good friend Brian LaFontaine. He's playing Kathy. I'm playing uh, the Jack Nicholson role. So they filled in a lot of non-actory people in the cast because it's a big male cast. And there's this one guy, I'm not going to say his name, but I never heard him speak except say these weird things. And I'd walk by him and be like, what we have here is a failure to communicate. And I'm like, that's fucked up. And somebody would go, he's quoting, he's quoting Cool Hand Luke. And I went, why? 
And they're like, <laughs> we don't know why he says what he says. <laughs> and he played the character Santiago. Santiago, if you've never seen A Few Good Men, is he has one monologue, dear Senator, blah, 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 blah. And uh, he's the impetus. He gets the code red and dies. And this mm -hmm. is the whole court case there. So he has one monologue and Brian and I are on stage and we're in this heated scene and then the lights dim on us and it comes up on him to do his monologue and he goes dear senator <laughs> and that's all we hear then we hear <laughs> after about 10 seconds dear dear senator oh oh, oh shit oh shit i i knew this i knew this Dear Senator, now Brian and my our eyes are huge at this point. We're like, what the hell is going to happen? And then the lights just went down on the guy and came back up on us. And we just went on with the rest of the show. And then afterwards, he had he was standing back behind stage and he had said, uh, once again, you know, what we have is a failure to communicate. And a friend of mine just went, shut up. Stop quoting things unless it's your line. So that's my uh, few good men story. So I heard that line, what, 20-something years before I actually saw the movie. And I am a big Struther Martin fan. I love Struther Martin. Uh, He's good in this, in this weird stuff. Oh, it's good. It's quality you, filmmaking. Yeah, I in like that. I, I second your emotion there. It'll fuck you mm -hmm. up. Yeah, yeah. Good stuff. Anyway, that's my favorite quote, obviously. Squeaker, what do you got? Mine, it's it's probably not the best quote in the movie, but it, one of my favorites is when George Kennedy's watching the girl washing the car and he says, my lord, whatever I've done, don't straighten me blind for another couple minutes. Yeah. <laughs> that's my favorite, too. I agree. I just thought that was like so perfect. Of course perfect. that's Squeaker's yeah. favorite. Like. Uh, it was perfect. Yeah. It, it was It was the way he delivered it, too. I mean, it was just so classic because he, you know, he was... Who he was wasn't? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and she was working that car over, so, uh, yeah. You know, she claimed to not to know look. how sexy oh, she was being in that scene. I think that's a damn lie. <laughs> I surely did. I could yeah. not tear myself away. Yes, there's no way that... <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> Laura's got the gif. You know, between her and Paul Newman, I maybe yeah. I do. <laughs> <laughs> no, wonder it's your, no wonder it's your favorite movie. Yeah, I, Gene Kelly, what's your favorite like, line? Think of anything that just stands out other than when Paul Newman is praying in church. And I'm trying to remember verbatim, but it was this thing. I'm, I'm not a good man. I've killed a lot of people. But I'm here to ask you to help me out. And, and it's not even verbatim. I'm just, to me, I... Uh, you guys have sucked up all the good stuff, mm -hmm. so I'm just kind of like, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but I think that's a great line in that movie, and it and it sets yeah. the tone of what is coming. You know, the most moving part of the whole he, film is that he's asking for forgiveness and redemption is a sign, and he doesn't get it. He doesn't give much time to God either, and then no. he just lays it on the then, then, then right. And that's just like you know, his, uh, that's what God does, you know, on that, knowing that he's, yeah. you know, going to be sacrificed. Yeah. And that was his, that moment. his moment and on the, on the cross it. where he's, you know, forgive them for they know not what they do. But it was a very powerful. And I'm like, I'm going to go back and read the script or the screenplay and, and see what it is verbatim. But it was a very powerful piece of dialogue there 
And again, I, I saw this last night. It was 11 o'clock. And um, I'll go back and, and, and find out what that was. But it was it was the most powerful line in the, in the film by far. And I guess you know, the other ones kind of are just not trite, but you, you've heard them so much that they don't hold the power yeah. or something like that. Across to me is just very, very raw and real and pure and, and uh, telling. Mm-hmm. Anyone have any closing thoughts or any questions? Thanks to Guns N' Roses for with, uh, uh, giving us that Struther Martin quote over and over and over and over and over. How many? Is it I like think it's just in that one, or, but man, how they many, played how many it different a lot. God. I think it's in more than one, I actually. I think it's in like two or their different songs. I don't songs. even know what you're Are you kidding? About. What song, Where uh, what were song you? This was the 90s, Patrick. I what were you doing? The gun. Oh. I was <laughs> he was in a complete <laughs> fog. It was the fog. You've seen the movie The Fog? That was oh, you Patrick were in that? Was, with the with that. the ghost pirates? You were occupied. Okay. I was. I get it. I was high, and at the end, at the end of the '90s, I had that cross, and I said, hey, <laughs> and some, uh, "Was was Adrian Barbeau there?" I seem to remember some lepers. <laughs> yeah. Le- she was there. Oh wow! Al Holbrook had How was his mustache? Oh, uh, no. <laughs> <laughs> yes. On point. <laughs> Agreed. <laughs> Any other questions for everybody? Yeah. I have a question. Sure. Gene Kelly needs to tell us a Gene Ooh. Kelly story. Oh, tell us how Gene Kelly came okay. about. Okay. So the, my moniker came about very oh. organically this evening um, when I was telling telling you guys that uh, my grandfather worked for Warner Brothers his entire career. And this is back in the day at the, the big palatial movie theaters. And the, one of the, well, he had managed multiple theaters. But the, the thing that the studios did is they owned the theaters. So Warner Brothers own the movie theaters, um, Paramount own their movie theaters, et cetera, et cetera. So the, the studio system sent people out on vaudeville and circuit tours. And so through the years, um, these acts would perform on stage and then they'd go away and then they'd show a movie and then another act would perform and then they'd show another movie and it was just this ongoing process. Well, the one of the guys that managed this for my grandfather um, and, and helped uh, book the acts and keep everything going was a young man that was going to college at Duquesne University there and, and he was a really good kid. My grandfather loved him just under his arm, under his wing and next thing you know this kid's finished college and wants to go to law school and my grandfather said you're too talented, you need to go out to Hollywood you're a great dancer uh, you're a really great um, performer and if you don't make it in Hollywood, you come back and I'll give you your job. So this young man went out to Hollywood, and within, I think, within a, three weeks, he booked his first gig. And his name was Gene Kelly. So my grandfather gave Jim, Gene Kelly his start in the <laughs> film business. And I think one of the first films he did was um, Singing in the Rain, believe it or not. So he, he just kind of bounced right into it. And um, so I have some really cool letters awesome, and correspondence yeah. from Gene Kelly and yeah. newspaper articles say, hi, Bill Hawk back at the uh, Ed Wright and Stanley and the Ed Wright Theater and Ambridge Theaters in Pittsburgh. So he'd, he'd talk, shout out to my grandfather and say all kinds of nice things through the years and um, would have loved to have had the opportunity to meet him, but I never did. That's uh, awesome. Uh, Speaking of what movies that we've watched this week, uh, guess what I oh, watched this week? Singing nice. in the rain. So how Donald appropriate Parker, is that? Debbie Reynolds. I mean, that um, brilliant production. Oh, so good. 
I saw that in the theater for the first time a couple years ago when they were doing whatever that uh, Fathom events, uh, Fathom Pictures events. Mm-hmm. Yeah, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, that in rear window. Any uh, any movies or anything that you guys have been watching lately? Um, since I think we're kind of wrapping it up on the uh, cool hand loop. I have yeah. a list, so have the people who don't watch anything <laughs> go first. Speaker. Um. <laughs> I, I watched one of my favorite movies last night, Bottle Rock. Oh, that's West a Angeles good one. Movie. Yes, it's a great one. Um, yeah, I, I've always loved that movie. I just rewatched it for the 20th, 30th time. <laughs> um, that's about it. That's your wi- that's uh, like Patrick's Whiplash. That's your kind of go-to movie, isn't it? Yeah, that's one of them. Yeah, mm-hmm. it's definitely one of them. Hey, I didn't watch that this week. <laughs> yeah, it's surprising. It's next week. Uh, I have a list. I have a list of things I watch. So, Laura, what did you watch? Um, I've been watching Mystery Science Theater (laughs) and Riff Tracks. Uh, Last night, I I fell asleep to the attack of the the eye creatures. And yes, there are two these in Attack of the the eye creatures. (laughs) Oh, my God. That's great. (laughs) So good it had to get to these. It was bad. (laughs) Nice. Uh, Gene Kelly, have you watched anything yeah, this week? Or you... I've been really fortunately very busy for working, but it's just I think the news is so depressing this day. My go to like is Ships Creek, and I've watched every episode, but I can just say it's so good, and it's, it's so good. Time, and it's an incredible third time. And you just watch uh, Eugene Lev and Dan Lev and Captain Mashman's. That is absolutely one of the best writing, some of the best performances, and it took me probably a couple episodes to get into it. So anybody that doesn't watch it, just you know, give it stick with it, and you're gonna have a place. It's my go-to feel-good for these desperate times that we live in. Oh, so agree. Yeah, and also, yeah, and Dan Levy makes it just to me. I mean, he's the one that makes the show. It's so good. Yeah. And the quality right. never gets worse. No, and you know, it deeper is, into the seasons, you get maybe it's it gets consistently better. Consistently <laughs> yes. good. Yeah, I think it gets better. Yeah, I think it gets better because the characters are already built. Now you're just you're, you're able to use the materials and tell the jokes and 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 kind of keep. The and story you going. love them. I'm the only one who has so not watched this show. <laughs> I watched one episode. Oh, oh and Patrick, <laughs> stick, get, go back to it. Go back to <laughs> it. You have to. You ha- I, I was the same way, Patrick. And the first, I watched like two I, episodes, and I was like. Me too. Me too. No big deal. And my wife started watching it, and then I literally got stuck in having to watch. You know, Mm -hmm. I was like stuck watching it, but you know, I was like, I'll sit and watch it. You know, and then I realized, holy cow, this is great comedy. And you know, once you know the characters, it flows so good, and it's something you can have on in the background, and you're, you know, you've got the good comedy, and I think it's a great. TV show for right now because it's it's the it's wholesomeness funny, you, know? you need and in we your need life. That. We need to laugh. We need it's to laugh so more. So right great. And speaking of that, I want to recommend a show that I just started watching. Uh, I know what he's going to say. Yeah, Patrick watched <laughs> one episode again, just like Shit's Creek. Ted Lasso, that's on Apple TV, is outstanding. As a matter of fact, I had show. I ran in ran into a friend. Uh, and it's it's a great kind of like sports film too or, or uh, TV show um, where it is hilarious um, in more than one way. Um, 
But what's really funny about it is it basically makes fun of like this. But it's an optimistic, an optimistic coach. And I just I don't want to give away too much because I think people should watch it. And I think is it sports comedy? Because I I love sports comedy. It is sports comedy done the best I've seen. Okay, well ever. I'm gonna need your. It's it's right up there. Which it's like Shit's Creek. And it's got this, but it also, and, and I ran into a friend of mine that was uh, going down the street the other day, and she said, oh my God, I have to tell you about a show I've been watching. I'm just blown away, and it is the best thing that I have seen on TV for a couple of reasons. Number one, it's the most optimistic show I have ever seen, and Lee character is the most optimistic. No matter what he steps into, he always approaches it with the right attitude. And he's always got the right thing. And it's, it is phenomenal. And I, I just, I mean, Ted Lasso, it's amazing. And I, I highly recommend anyone to watch the show. I'm going to need that Apple Plus password, Kent. <clears throat> there you go. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Save me. Save me. That's the password. Yeah. You didn't hear that. All right, you want to hear my list of, I do, of, I do. of movies? I'm just going to bang through them. Okay, so I watched Star Trek nice. Four: The Voyage Home because I love the one with the whales. And it was free. That's my, my favorite. Uh, permanent record. It's my favorite. Yeah. It's my second favorite. Uh, permanent record, an old Keanu Reeves nice. movie uh, about suicide before pretty much anybody knew who he was. Cat in the Moon, which is directed by Alex Wolf and uh, produced by Nat Wolf, his brother. Uh, it was very good. Uh, Marathon Ooh. Man, first time. Is it safe? Wow. Is it safe? Nice. Is, it is, safe? It? is it safe? The one and only. It is. I don't know. I don't know what to say. Yeah. Um, <laughs> the one and only Ivan on Disney Plus featuring, uh, wow. it's got Brian Cranston, it's got uh, Sam Rockwell as the silverback gorilla uh, oh, voice. Cool. Uh, really enjoyable. And it's sweet and it's that wholesome movie, Little yeah. Miss Sunshine. Uh-huh. Uh, I watched it again because I'd watched right before that the 40 year old virgin. Oh my gosh, it's so good. 15 years. Yeah. It's really good. And I finally understood the <laughs> metaphor of his toys and yeah. the virginity. It only took me 15 years <laughs> yeah. and four or five times. And um, Bill and Ted face the Oh, oh, I really want to nice. see that. Was it good? I, uh, it's so sweet. And, uh, you know, on, if you're a Bill and Ted fan, fan obviously they can shit yeah. on stage. Yeah. And you would just be like, oh, my yeah, God. Yeah, I would do awesome. that. Yeah, that's fine. But the, um, <laughs> yes. were you a fan of Barry Haven't on seen HBO? That. Um, yes. The guy so who's good. no ho, no ho, uh, the bald guy mm -hmm. uh, from oh, yeah. Barry plays a robot in it, and he oh, wow. did some stuff that made me cry. I was <laughs> laughing so hard. Uh, it's and I don't want to ruin it for you, but it's just it's fun. It's stupid. <laughs> Yay. They're old. Yay! You know. It has everything Yay. I want. So it, <laughs> it does. So if you have a chance, check them out. Check out all those movies. Yeah, I'm trying to get through replicas, and, which is and listen to you can movie. you know you can actually on our podcast you can go in mm -hmm. if you're listening on your you know whatever device you can actually click and hit it to play at ten percent um, speed that way you would actually understand what it, and you can write them down so. then yeah so <laughs> <laughs> we should do that each we should do that each podcast I'll just do a speed through of everything because yeah. some of these movies don't yeah you know, hey I did the same thing I watched. About. I watched a ton of stuff this week too. I watched uh, Gaslight. Oh my god, it's so that? good! I'm like in the yeah, so it's I great. Have not yeah, that's an old one. Right? 1944. Oh, Patrick, I think you'd like um, that. Really, really good film. Yeah. Yeah, I think you'll like it. But it's gaslighting really... is a thing now. Yeah, right? but it, that's where the term comes from. That is a term now. That's where yes, yes. And then I gotcha. I watched a Korean film. I know Patrick loves those foreign ones. 
Love reading. Um, again, Love reading. and I've seen it twice now. So uh, I saw no. Uh, well, that's a good one. Uh, I saw the devil. It's a 2011, I think 2011, 2010, no, 2011 uh, Korean film, and really good. Real, I think you'd love it, Patrick. I think you need to jump on that one. And of course, singing in the rain. So um, it was awesome. Nice, awesome. So anyway, uh, hey, I want to thank everybody for listening. This has been great. When thanks for uh, you guys coming on here. Thanks to Gene and, Kelly. Uh, Gene yeah. Kelly, thank, thank you for kicking for it up us. for us and, and telling us some. Uh, it was a blast. We had a blast. And uh, matter, matter of fact, we get the award for best drink. Oh, yeah. Uh, yeah. Hands have, down. So. Yes. Yeah. And, and very really insightful well commentary. Very really enjoyed enjoyed being very, with very, you guys. Yes. It was a lot of fun. And uh, I'm, now I think I'm going to go eat some more of that pineapple with the uh, fireball and cinnamon. <laughs> Oh my God! Fireball. I want some. There you go. She can't. She can't even say it. it. It's that it good. Must be good. Yeah. Yeah. I have a pineapple with fireball. 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 That's right. This show has been brought to you by Powerball. And definitely not been brought to you by Willits. It's your favorite drink. The choice alcohol of. We don't know. Yes. Anyway. Hey, we just uh, make sure you go out and rate, review, subscribe on all your favorite uh, things. And, and hey, look, we're we're loving. I mean, I have been watching the numbers click on on some of our older uh, episodes, and I'm glad that people are going back and checking out different shows and, and that we've uh, had. Whiplash. Whip and yes, and make sure you get out there and listen to Patrick's whiplash. Whiplash. So uh, whiplash. Oh, it's called Patrick's whiplash. <laughs> That's the new name so, of that movie, uh, Patrick's whiplash. Yes, a whiplash. Uh, yes. <laughs> uh, so anyway, we have fun and we are more than excited uh, for you guys to hear. Oh, this hey, what are we doing around. next and time? Listen, oh, well, oh let's shit. talk about it. What do you guys think we should do? Squeaker. Uh, let's do a vote. Let's leave it up to the fans and uh, see what they want to. Fans. Here. <laughs> do you hear that? Uh, fans. Yeah. Hey, yeah, so this all is six of you <laughs> vote. Your chance. Your chance. Call your mom, Laura. Okay, I'm going to call yes. her right now. Your chance to decide which movie. We're going to put it up and we'll, we'll, we'll narrow it down to like three films and then we'll see what everybody comes up with. We so don't know what they're going to be. first or are we but just going to give them? I think we're going to let them throw some num- oh. things out and then we'll decide. Are you giving the people so free reign? Facebook. Oh, jeez. Free reign. Here's hey, a plea to there's our, not many of those things left. Listeners, no dead dogs. Please. Yes. No John yes. Wick. Patrick. Let's, Patrick. It's going to be yes. off John Wick. John Wick, Wick two, uh, one, <laughs> Dog Soldiers. It's going to yes. be Ring of Brightwater uh, and um, what's the one about the deer? Oh no, the yearling. <laughs> old yellow could old yellow could be a good one too. You know, yeah, yeah. We are not <laughs> as, as, <laughs> as Patrick just rolled his eyes at us all. So uh, anyway, well, we're going to put it on Facebook. So make sure you go on yeah, Facebook. Follow us on Facebook and check first. It out. Follow us on Facebook. And hey, yeah, then Facebook, yeah, Twitter, a movie. yeah, adult beverage film podcast. And all you gotta do is just check, search that, and or you know, check it out on Twitter, Instagram, and all that kind of stuff. All we'll it. even look at Instagram, Instagram. all those ass about. That's right. So, anyway, we want to thank everybody. Uh, once again, thank you, the guest and host, and, and all the that ghost. good stuff. Don't for forget, being here. and the ghost, and the special <laughs> ghost that broke my, broke my light earlier today. Uh, for being here and um, thank you again and 
Have a great week and yes, be please. safe. Wash your hands. Yeah, be safe. Wear your mask. Mm-hmm. Yes, wash your hands. Mm-hmm. Right. Yes. Wash your hands. <laughs> yes. Yes. Definitely. Definitely. Wash everything. <laughs> Just wash it all. Yeah. Some of you probably yeah, need to take go a bath. Take a bath. Now's the time. Right now. Yeah. <laughs> Bye, everyone. Thank you. Bye. You're going to get used to wearing them chains after a while, Luke. Don't you never stop listening to them clinking. Because they're going to remind you of what I've been saying. For your own good. Wish you'd stop being so good to me, Captain. Don't you ever talk that way to me. Never! Never! What we've got here is failure to communicate. Some men you just can't reach. So you get what we had here last week, which is the way he wants it. Well, he gets it. And I don't like it any more than you men. Thank you for listening to Adult Beverage Film Podcast. This podcast has been brought to you by our sponsors, Bricks Wood Fired Pizza, where they bring people together. They also have some of the best adult beverages around, so check them out. Be sure to visit adultbeverage.net on the web to find out more interesting facts about films and exciting bonus material. You have just listened to Laura, Patrick, and Kent, and Squeaker. Love our podcast? Head over to your favorite platforms such as Stitcher, Spotify, iTunes to subscribe, rate, review. That's this week's episode of Adult Beverage Film Podcast, and thank you for listening.